afternoon, everybody, and um, welcome back to another episode of Building Connections. I am your host, Kiana, and here I have today joining from the media team, Miss Melissa. Miss Melissa. Hey, everyone. <laughs> um, today we have our lovely Sydney Cherilis of our COS program joining us today for this podcast. Good afternoon, Sydney, and thank you so much for joining us. How's everything with you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, ladies, for inviting me. Uh, you know, to come talk about. Emotional wellness. Emotional wellness. Yeah, yeah, how important that is. Well, first things first, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and what is it that you do um, here at GA? Okay, like you said, again, I'm Sydney Charles. I'm a therapist here at Gang Alternative. The COS stands for Circle of Strength, part of the uh, Family Strengthening Program, which is one of the pillars that um, GA has at part of its pillars. And um, a little bit more about myself. you know, I've been doing therapy, um, some may not know this, but for years, maybe about eight years plus, worked at different uh, organizations, worked with different populations, adults, children, families, you know, I kind of did it all. I've also even worked with, you know, alcohol um, and addiction as well. So, um, you know, just been in the game for a little bit in terms of just helping people. And I guess like I, I, like, I like to say, um, it's kind of like, you know, when I work with a family, they're driving and you know they see me and they may be having an issue, something with the car, which may represent their family or the situation. And they see me and I, they say I can help out. Mm-hmm. I wave them and they actually allow me to come in the car and take a ride with them. Sometimes it may be a block, sometimes it may be a couple of miles. Oh wow. Yeah, and then after that they kind of wave me goodbye and say thank you so much for helping us out. And I say all right, you know, I'm around here if you ever need me again. You know, so you know, that's kind of how I like to see um, my role in helping families and individuals kind of, you know, just navigate some of these difficulties that, you know, happen in the world. Mm. Yeah. It See, it looks like um, it gives you a lot of opportunity to build a lot of personal relationships with these families. Like you're explaining, you get to be in the car with them and travel around, like, the communities. Um, how, how, does that, how does that impact you? I think um, having that relationship with families is important. It's one of the things that you know they teach you in schools. Building that rapport is so essential. So being able to just kind of get on the right foot with families, help them to kind of understand clear boundaries and things like that. You know where they can fit in because sometimes it can be daunting, but at the same time it's very enriching mm-hmm. when we're able to kind of like you know just be a part of the community, a part of that um, I guess chain that helps uh, our families and helps each other grow. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, well, that's that's really cool, actually. You guys are doing really cool work with these families. Um, um, can you tell us the difference between COS Family Strengthening a Network and COS Parenting? Okay, all right. So I think under the umbrella, um, shout out to my supervisor, Ms. Magda. Um, she's in charge of both programs. So the big difference between the COS and COSP is the acronym. The COS was the found, uh, Circle of Strength specifically deals with trauma. So it's um, helping individuals, and these individuals can range from 6 years old to 17 years old, um, you know, who attend school and things like that, and we are basically helping them if they've experienced some form of trauma. It could be anything from witnessing a death in the family, you know, experiencing that moment. It could be, you know, sometimes, you know, people have... Um, been shot at mm-hmm. sometimes you know 
severe bullying, yeah. you know, so it's anything that can happen to an individual that impedes or blocks their functioning. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of where we can step in because a lot of times what happens is that that person might be experiencing some form of PTSD, um, you know, in one, of, one or three parts of their functioning, which may be school, home, or um, social uh, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And the COSP is the parenting portion of it. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Stephen. He kind of like, you know, make sure all, all of that gets taken care of. Um, you know, he's one of the um, counselors that's, you know, in the COSP program. And the parenting program specifically deals with the parents. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a nurturing um, component to it mm -hmm. where they, you know, kind of go on a journey with families, go on a journey with parents on, mm -hmm. you know, basic skills and strategies of disciplining parents. I mean, I'm sorry about that, disciplining um, strategies that parents can use when disciplining their kids. Okay. Um, they also, um, for the COSP program, good thing to know is that there has to be a child in the home to participate in that program that's funded by the Children Trust, um, 11 years old and under. Okay. You know, so if there's a child in that, in that home that's six years old, five years old, then they can take advantage of it. But if there's, there's not, they cannot. Um, and what's the reason for that? Good question. I think the uh, the big reason for that is you know the nurturing component. They want to you know target young. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, sometimes, uh, well, most of the times, you know, we or as kids we learn from what people say and what people do. Mm -hmm. So the younger that you can uh, get involved in that time of that particular person's life is really important. So you know, there's a lot of research out there that. Sometimes says after middle school, it's maybe something else that could be more useful. Mm -hmm. A lot of these um, uh, these theories that's out there, you know, they've been tested. You know, so when they've been tested, they know what works best for what age group. So with the nurturing, they know that it works best with elementary students and helping parents really focus and target in at that moment, at that stage of that child's life. And with these nurturing like services, and you know, um, do you see a lot of changes that kind of happen with the parents and children? Do you see it happen? Like how, where is the, um, I guess like the time? Does it usually take a lot of time before you see a lot of change within the families when they go through these um, different components? It, it can vary. You know, I think it's really say for the COS, if it's an individual in the family or for the parenting program, it's really where the person is in their readiness to change. Okay. You know, so there's a readiness model where some people could be really ready and like, man, you know, I really want to change. So they'd be um, willing to take whatever um, instruction, um, strategies that's given and actually apply it. Mm -hmm. Some people may be more reluctant you know, they may be more like, oh, I'm not sure yet. So um, part of our job is to kind of help them to see where they're at in that model of, for change okay. and to kind of help them guide through, help them to see the reason behind for it. Uh, but to answer your question, you know, sometimes we see change sometimes immediately because parents are really, you know, putting in that effort. Mm -hmm. And sometimes individuals are putting in some of that effort right away. And sometimes it may take a little bit of time because, again, um, people form habits, right. you know, and that habit may have been instilled in them for years. So it does take time to, um, you know, to combat that habit and to see if they can spark sometimes. Sometimes I like to give the range, it could, it could take three months, mm -hmm. you know, as, as minimal maybe. Sometimes it may take six months. 
but you know, here at GA and do the program, we're here um, to be with the parents. Right. So, but also to my understanding, well, yeah, to my understanding with the community that we serve, because we serve a lot of like you know yeah. predominantly Haitian communities. Do you find any difficulties running into that, or like you know being able to touch the like impact these families, or like see any changes? Do you see? difficulties with that? Yeah, I think there are difficulties because um, Caribbean families, mm-hmm. you know, specifically, because that's the majority of the population that we serve here in the Dade County area, um, you know, they come with, you know, their their their, their strategies already. They come from their hometown, maybe Haiti, maybe, you know, Mexico, wherever it is, maybe Cuba, mm-hmm. and uh, they come with these, 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 these set of uh, instructions, I guess, on how to parent. And, you know, sometimes uh, Caribbean people can be very prideful. Right, right. So sometimes what they'll say is they may say, hey, fix my kid, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't do anything wrong. And, again, we're not here to, to blame, but we're here to see if we can kind of spark a change and see how we can uh, do something a little bit different to mm-hmm. see if we can get a better result, mm-hmm. an outcome. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about um, some of the services that COSP provides parents and or caregivers who demonstrate a need for family strengthening services. Okay, so, so specifically what they do with the parenting component, mm-hmm. um, and again, I, I work at the COS, okay. uh, but I'm, I am familiar a little bit of us with the parenting. So, mm-hmm. you know, specifically they kind of go through, through the nurturing model with them. And when they go to the nurturing model, they give them the booklets, they're there with them, they meet with them weekly, uh, and they kind of go and they give them homework and they meet with them, and they kind of go through the step-by-step process to really help them look at um, the pa- the type of parenting style that they use mm-hmm. to see what kind of parenting style their kids may need, because not every kid um, responds to uh, a specific type of parenting style, right. mm-hmm. you know. So they kind of maybe see how they can fill in that gap and say, "Hey, I'm seeing this, and uh, the research says this. So if mm-hmm. your kid may be in need of this, um, this is how you can fill it in." Okay. Um, you know, because it's not a one size fits all. Oh. So with the parenting, they really try to kind of like really dig in and and be there. They kind of also do other things with the parenting where they meet with them. Uh, they do like a monthly, they also assist in GA's um, monthly parenting group that happens, mm-hmm. you know, at one of our sites. Uh, I think we have two sites actually that, mm-hmm. that, that, that uh, kind of have the parents just get to kind of get together and meet. And it, I guess it's something about parents being like-minded, coming into an area, um, knowing that we're all here for a purpose of how do we get our kids to graduate? How do we get our kids to be successful? That kind of sparks um, some change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys travel to the homes as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. We can travel to the home. I think for the parenting, they travel to the to the home more, oh, okay. and their schedule can maybe be a little bit more difficult because they have to go off of the parents' work schedule. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it may be in the evenings. Yes. Um, sometimes it may be in the morning. So they're specifically going off the the uh, parent schedule. Mm-hmm. But for the COS. Uh, therapeutic uh, portion of it, this individual family that we serve with the kids, we're able to meet them at the home, mm-hmm. we're able to meet them at the school, which okay. is a benefit because um, GA, we've partnered with a bunch of the schools in the Dade County area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just having that partnership allows us to kind of have that friendly face and they know GA is coming through, mm-hmm. they know what we do, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're able to see the kids there. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you guys, there's like 
there's a lot of opportunities to touch the family, the kids by himself, and yeah. the family as a whole, you guys being in the schools. How often are you guys in the schools? Yeah. Um, what, you know, how much they need, you know, specifically with the program, we're supposed to meet uh, once a week with the individual, mm -hmm. you know, that's the model. But since we partner with the schools, we may be at the schools two or three times a week. Right. So anytime the school may need something from us, we're right there, mm -hmm. you know, I could give you an example, for example, for uh, North Miami Beach Senior High School, mm -hmm. uh, we have an office there um, that is shared space, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're able to go there uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. So mm -hmm. I'm there okay. two days out of the week, there to be available for students that they refer to me and to be available for anything else that they may need of me. And they always partner with us and let us know of kind of events that's going on, mm -hmm. you know, Red, Red Ribbon Week. Um, you know, open houses, mm -hmm. different things where large groups of gathering happens. They try to, like, you know, plug us in because mm -hmm. we're part of the community. I also forgot to, to say that we're also able to go to after-school programs. So okay. specifically with GA, they have a bunch of after-school programs. Right. So, you know, it just makes it so easy for us to just, you know, go there and, you know, work with uh, the coordinators mm -hmm. um, that's there and, you know, being able to just kind of set aside a space a place and a time for us to meet with students and to kind of engage. Does the same thing apply for like the families and when you go to the homes? Is it like as they need? Is it just once a week? How does that work also? Well, um, every family is different. Some families' um, involvement, you know, we definitely uh, need parents to be more involved. Mm -hmm. it, it, the model shows that the more involved the parents are with the therapeutic process, um, the better outcomes are going to be received. Mm -hmm. um, because everybody's on board. So with the parents, we try to at least meet with them um, at least once a month, mm -hmm. but we always try to contact them um, to kind of let them know what's going on because with the component, it's kind of uh, with TFCBT model, mm -hmm. you have to work with both the, the kids and the parents. So it mm -hmm. has both components instilled in it, infused in it, because there's homework for both of them to do. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to recruitments, how do you guys find the families to work with? I think to start off with, um, we always start off internally. Okay. You know, so, um, you know, we have our care coordination mm -hmm. uplift. Yeah. Uh, so the uplift program, you know, their care coordinators, they're, they're awesome at sending us referrals at, you know, identifying families and kids who are in need okay. and then say, hey, you know, contact this family, set up a time, set up a place to meet with them and they say, hey, let's get this kind of work done. Okay. Um, uh, and continue with that also is the after school program. Okay. So a lot of times um, with kids, you may not know the that a kid may be uh, experiencing uh, some form of traumatic event mm -hmm. or been exposed to something that is upsetting or stressful, but what you will see mm -hmm. is some of those outbursts, some okay. of those um, moments when they shut down or they, they're enraged and things mm -hmm. like that. So um, the after-school program also internally mm -hmm. will identify kids who they feel may be benefit because they may not be able to regulate their emotions right. and handle their emotions. So uh, they're really good also at sending us referrals and saying, hey, can you contact this family mm -hmm. and follow up with them to see what's going on here mm -hmm. because so-and-so um, just experienced a meltdown. Okay. temper tantrum. So that's the first internally. Then externally, it's all about, um, you know, partnerships. So we partner mm -hmm. with the schools mm -hmm. and the schools give us referrals. We also get referrals from 
um, you know, juvenile uh, services. You know, so if a juvenile um, just, you know, was arrested uh, for burglary, for example, or something of that nature, uh, you know, they, the, we partner with them as well. And they're able to send us referrals as well mm -hmm. um, that we always stay in, you know, a tight-knit communication right. with them. Um, you know, so their referral process is kind of going internally and externally, you know, and, you know, our staff, you know, do a very great job in just making sure that we contact them within a uh, great time frame right. Right, right. To, to see how we can uh, help the families. Yeah. And GA does a good job with, like, you know, if there's one program that is working with the family, connecting them to the different programs that we have in order for us to be able to do the services or provide the services that COS has for mm -hmm. us, which is awesome. A lot of internal referrals. Right, a lot of internal, which mm -hmm. is very important. Um, we can all, it, it kind of connects GA together on, yeah. you know, on a grand level, which is amazing. Um, for working with the kids and dealing with the kids, is it hard to, like, tap into, like, them? <sighs> I, I never like to say any kid is hard to tap into. Um, instead of, I guess, rephrasing the word hard, you know, you may need more time, mm -hmm. you know, to build a rapport. You may need more time to make that connection. Because kids, um, even though they are very open, inviting, mm -hmm. they can also at the same time, if they've experienced some type of uh, trauma or upsetting or confusing event mm -hmm. that happened to them, can also be very guarded, right, right. you know, so it may take some time to, um, you know, let them see that you are a friend, not foe, right, right. Um, you know, so uh, some kids, you know, are, are straight up, like just an open book, and some may be very closed off, and, you know, we chip away, chip away slowly and slowly, um, in building that rapport, so that they can know that, hey, we're here to really help, right. you know. More yeah. time, I yeah. like that, more time, kids more time. really aren't hard to deal, oh, not mm -hmm. de I don't want. I don't like saying dealing with kids. Yeah. Um, kids really aren't hard to connect with. And the reality mm -hmm. is, you know, um, I guess if we put it in a grand scheme of things, some it may be, uh, definition wise, harder because right. you have to put more time. Right. But uh, patience. Yeah, patience. Oh my goodness. Yeah. As long as we put a little bit more patience, and I think one of the cool things about um, the COS team is mm -hmm. that, uh, and the COSP team is that we're always conferencing and engaging with each other. Mm -hmm. And anytime we may have, like, for example, you just brought up a great question, any difficulties, we're able to, like, connect with each other mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, do you have any ideas on how I can help or connect with this kid or help this particular kid see something that they're doing that's not helping them? And what's another strategy that I can use? So right. kind of like always bouncing ideas off of each other's right. head okay. uh, so we can, you know, you know follow through. That's so cool. You guys yeah, are really yeah. cool. And, yeah. you know, you're, the work you guys do are always appreciative because we need people like you guys helping and connecting with those families that do need the kind of help that you guys provide. Um, can you tell us a little bit on what the family navigators are? Okay, the family navigators. Yeah. All right, so the family navigators, um, shout out to Miss uh, Cindy. Um, you know, she's a family navigator that we have right now, but you know, their role in all of it is to just keep the flow going. So they're always like almost, almost like that check and balances. They work with the supervisors mm -hmm. on, you know, calling the families, making sure that services is being rendered, making sure that, you know, if they need additional services, how they can kind of get plugged in. They're letting them know about the uh, monthly parenting uh, group that um, meets um, parent night. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're just kind of like that. So that kind of just kind of like right. keeps it all together. Connect, yeah. You know, so uh, 
Yeah, they follow up with the families, and uh, you know, if there's any issues, they'll always bring it to the therapist and say, "Hey, you know, what's going on here?" Right. You know, so it's almost like that accountability piece because we can't uh, 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 just say that a family's happy. Mm -hmm. uh, the therapist, you know, so we have someone else to contact and, and, and intercede in that area. Wow, uh, that's actually a really good idea, though, to have that connector. Yeah, and um, they also help with the referral process because right. the referral process can be. Uh, a lot because sometimes they send a lot of referrals mm -hmm. so you know they help the supervisor and they help us as well with um, contacting families uh, who may need services and also just helping with some paperwork right, issues too. Right. Mm -hmm. you know therapists yeah. uh, we love helping people sometimes we don't love the paperwork right? <laughs> and that's, that's why we have other people mm -hmm. to do certain things for us right um, alright so as well, some of us know, not everybody knows, but October is Emotional Wellness Month. Yes. And uh, as being part of COS, can you tell us how COS practices or promotes emotional wellness just throughout your own program in general with okay. the families, with the kids, with staff members of yeah. GA? Like, how do you guys promote emotional wellness? So I guess I'll start off with uh, staff. Uh, I think it always starts off with um, you have to have a full cup mm. to be able to pour into someone else. So we try to regularly practice different type of self-care strategies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you may see the staff going to lunch together. Sometimes you may see the staff um, maybe sometimes ha uh, hanging out after hours. Sometimes we're always, um, you know, just kind of, you know, letting out some of the frustration that we may have, mm -hmm. you know, in, in every day-to-day -day stuff and maybe particularly with a family because some mm -hmm. families many more time Correct. as we like to say yes. so um just kind of you know allowing each other to let it out mm -hmm. could sometimes be very helpful right um between staff uh we also meet monthly so that's a time um, that's also good so all the programs can meet with each other and g always provides uh or somebody from g i'm not sure who um always makes sure we have breakfast and sometimes <laughs> that breakfast be you know really 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 it for that right, point. Right. So uh, sometimes that help, you know, Jay may not, you know, they may, they probably know this. So food feeds the belly, can sometimes feed the soul. Right, right. You know, so <laughs> I think that's some some of the self care um, strategies that you were talking about that we can do. And I think in general, can you repeat the question for me one more time? Yeah, yeah. How do you guys practice and promote um, emotional wellness? Yeah, and I think just in general with emotional wellness outside of the staff, um, you know, we always try to promote kids to be able to, uh, you know, let go of mm -hmm. some of that hurt, right. let go of some of that, you know, pain that they're going through. That I like to think about that pain can be potential, mm -hmm. but it's just potential until you do something about it. Right. And once that pain kind of like transfers into you actually letting it out kinetically, letting it out, you know, in a way that is beneficial and helpful, um, you know, then you get to kind of see some great results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're right there with the kids, man. We're, we're patient with them. We're right there kind of, you know, teaching different strategies. Um, for example, I'm partnering with one of the schools now, and they're going to, you know, have a, a, a during the testing time, mm -hmm. and during their testing time, they're going to give us a slot where we, um, I think for 30 minutes or an hour, you know, as the kids rotate between sessions, because most of the kids may be testing, and there's going to be kids in the auditorium, for mm -hmm. example. That um, we get a chance to just kind of engage with the kids and maybe mm -hmm. just teach different strategies and just you know share that time with them. So for us, we just kind of like you know first as we take care of ourselves, we show people that hey, um, 
you know, you can take care of yourself because right. I'm mm-hmm. taking care of myself and this is how I'm doing it. Right. I mean, self-care is important. I think, like, it should always be uh, promoted, whether it's, like, in a month or, like, throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And they know they say positivity is is infectious. Yeah. You know, so uh, sometimes, you know, through our contact, us being out there, like you said, in the community, Mm -hmm. we're able to kind of, like, just continue that positive chain. Right, Right. because you never know how that's going to affect somebody in their day. Like, you could be having, like, a bad moment, and, you you know, that positivity that you can have, you can exude it and just pass it on to the next person, Mm -hmm. you know. Passing, pass, passing it forward. Is that what it is? Passing it forward? Yeah, passing the plate. I don't know. Okay, so talking about emotional wellness, uh, also World Mental Health Day is on October 10th. Um, Mental health is a is huge huge it is so important and yet i uh don't know enough people really take the time to kind of like take care of their mental health Mm -hmm. especially like the people within our communities so do you see mental health being a big like having an effect with like minorities particularly in the field of work that you do yeah i think there's uh a stigma Mm -hmm. that's out Mm -hmm. about being able to be emotional Mm -hmm being able to be transparent, mm-hmm. being able to be, um, just, just, I guess, let out some of the things that's bothering you. So as kids grow up, you know, sometimes they're taught uh, these negative uh, stereotypes, you know, that maybe boys don't, you know, cry, mm-hmm. you know, or that, you know, girls don't, you know, you know, show some type of love all the time to people. Mm-hmm, right. Or sometimes dad shouldn't do this, or sometimes mom shouldn't do this. Uh, and again, yeah, we do live in, in a world that is, can be very dangerous, and we have to protect ourselves, um, and we have to keep ourselves safe, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we don't want to compromise our emotional wellness at the same time. So I think that's uh, the stigma that's out right now. And I think that there's also, with the population that we serve right now, just a fear of trust, you know, so... You know, parents may be teaching their kids, you know, you know, don't talk to so-and-so, don't talk to your neighbors, right. don't talk to this. So they're always saying don't talk to or don't share. Um, then what ends up happening is that, you know, they just continue to learn to hold things inside, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because they really don't know who to trust. They don't know who's, gonna, who's friend or foe. Right. You know, so I'm trying to break that stigma and try to create those safe uh, areas mm-hmm. is really, really important. So... I think GA does an awesome job at creating some of those safe areas, especially through our after-school programs mm-hmm. um, for elementary, middle, and high school um, mm-hmm. kids. Shout out to the lock. Yeah, shout out to the lock. Yeah, and that's it. You know, some people just really don't know enough about emotions in general. Right. You know that sensation that we feel mm-hmm. when something is either good or bad. Right. And that sensation should be responded to. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually have areas in the brain that um, specifically works with these different type of emotions and sensations. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people may not know that when you feel hurt, mm-hmm. what do you do with that hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, when you feel pain, when you feel sadness, what do you do with it? You know, do you actually leave it inside? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, some people may not know about um, that I've experienced something that may be upsetting to me, um, but what ends up happening for them uh, and I think this population too, it ends up happening that it continues to happen every day. Mm-hmm. So they believe that it's a normal part of life um, where people are constantly fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that every day. So it's okay because that's uh, how 
I'm raised. That's right. kind of like my norm. Mm -hmm. And is it really normal to kind of, you know, have gunshots ringing mm -hmm. once a week? Is it really normal to have people walk or driving by and asking you, do you want to fight? Mm -hmm. you know, is that <laughs> right. really normal for, you know, for you to see this stuff? Right. And, and no, it's not. It's not, it's not normal. But what ends up happening that we're in a high state of of, of, of danger right it's like the fight or flight right. exactly. is constantly going yeah, yeah. instead of having that you know yeah, that easy kill you know right. life life should not be so difficult mm -hmm. we can make it difficult um, but we are, we are I think as a people uh, as a neighborhood have to recognize that if it's dangerous parents have to know that if it's dangerous and it's not the best then you know we have to see those warning signs mm -hmm. in our kids and if we see those warning signs then we should do something about it. We should help educate. We should say, okay, now mm -hmm. how do I step in? Because there could be a potential here where my where my kid is thinking uh, this idea of life is normal and what's acceptable, and I can teach him another way. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what are some ways you and your team emphasize this program around this time of month? Well, you or know, will emphasize. Yeah, well, you know, we, we do, you know, and again, I just go back to, you know, the partnerships. Okay. You know, so I think this is really one of them right here. Mm -hmm. You know, the communication team, uh, <laughs> you know, this podcast and, yeah. and just spreading the news out because social media is mm -hmm. like, you know, just this wildfire, mm -hmm. you know, so that's one of the things right there. Um, and us partnering with the schools, okay. you know. School, I don't think, has anything specific when it comes to emotional um, wellness month. Right. Not that I have seen. Um, some schools may do it, but mm -hmm. just being available, you know, for the school, spreading the word. Mm -hmm. You know, we're continually working, so, you know, we're always contacting families, we're always referring, and I think, uh, you know, that's like the big way right there. Mm -hmm. On. So, on uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, I was. Looking on a couple things, just looking get, at different. Get, you was getting the facts straight. Get, getting just getting some facts. Um, but I was looking at a survey, and it was given in a couple years ago, 2017, to high school students, and it pretty much said that they felt they it said that they felt sad or hopeless almost every day for two or more weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. um, just like and just for statistics. 28% of people in like Florida that survey showed felt that way. So how do you think, what actions do you think uh, we could take to improve to lower these percentages with like COS or just in general, just like with the work that you do, what actions mm -hmm. can be taken to see, to like lower a lot of these percentages? Because that's, I mean, that's clearly an issue if you have 28% of people well, just in Florida yeah. alone feeling that way. Like how are other people feeling all throughout the United States, you know? So how do you think, like, what do you think could be taken or some steps just to kind of take, to kind of start seeing these numbers lowering? I think initially, you know, partnering with the schools, the schools try to do a great job at, um, some schools do it better than others at having agencies um, that can help out, be there for the students, be aware. So, like, for example, every time they have an event, they may have a table set up and you know, COS, you know, somebody from GA is able to be at that table and to pass out flyers, talk to students, spread the word, and to be there. So throughout the year, we're always up there at their events. But you know, that month should be maybe targeted more. That right. month, you know, may, they may have to do something a little bit more grand mm -hmm. about it. 
Um, you know, the school does a great job in making sure that they know where are safe zones, who can kids talk to. They have counselors there, they have staff there on site. Um, you know, they I, I know they do a really good job at just having posters around as mm -hmm. well. Um, sometimes having kids, but just I think what we can continue to do to try to lower that percentage is to try to continue to put more awareness out there. Right. You know, so if we can create more safe zones. Um, we may have to get out our comfort zones mm -hmm. of our offices and our comfort zone of you know the school school counselor office and just kind of be there in the mix of the kids. Right. So we can so they can see that presence. It can feel us a little bit more, and then, you know, like I was saying earlier, just make it a little bit more grand. Mm -hmm. It's Emotional Wellness Month, mm -hmm. um, you know, so they can know that hey, this is or is not normal, but people do experience it, and it's okay. Right. Let's talk about it. That's the whole purpose of your emotion to let you know that something's wrong. It's right. not bad or good to be angry. Mm -hmm. What you do with that anger is another question. Right. Right. Oh. Well, Mr. Sydney, you yeah. have provided us with such awesome information oh, on man. both COS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we can talk all day if yeah, we really that could. Awesome. I love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Here. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining us. Is there Thank anything you. else you'd like to share? No, man. I think, um, you know, the work that you guys do are awesome, man. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy to be on, you know, speaking about emotional wellness. I think um, you know more people need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the last thing that I would want to say is that um, emotions have to be regulated. Right. Emotions have to be um, expressed. Not not all the time, but uh, it serves its purpose. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we're working, you may have to put that emotion somewhere. Right. But you have to know every day to go back to that emotion that may have stirred something up in you mm -hmm. and let it out in a helpful way. Heal. You know, heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day. If it's in front of a mirror, if it's with your whoever's in your circle of, of trust that you believe in. But every day if you can let a little bit out and pour a little bit in, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's beneficial for people to really, really know that. Mm -hmm. And practice it. Right. You know, because the day to day can sometimes be so daunting that you just might have enough time to just work, right, right. eat, and sleep. sleep right. But you might, you always have to try to find that time. Find for that yourself. time. Yeah, yeah. Find that time to heal yourself. Yeah. Right. That's important. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Mr. Sydney. Thank you so much. Thank You're, you. I have. A thank you again, Miss Melissa, for joining us too. Thank you for having wonderful me. Wonderful host, of course. <laughs> um, and thanks again, everybody, for listening to our podcast, Building Connections. Look out for this episode sometime next week. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just look up Gang Twitter. Alternative Inc. Twitter and we'll be there updating you every week on all the great work that GA Gang Alternative Inc. is doing. Thank you guys so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening in.